You are nicer than that, though. I'm certain. Because he's from Australia. They're always nice. Hey, I want to tell you this. Uh, grab that card in front of you, sitting in front of your seat there. See that in your, just grab one of them, if you could. See that card in there? Everyone's got one. You guys get one? It's right behind you. Can't, Caleb, will you hand these guys a card in the front? Uh, so you see the cards there in front? These are, these are for you to hand out to somebody to invite them to church. So here's what we're going to do. Take it and uh, put it in one of your hands. Take the other one and put it on top of it. Right there. Let's pray. Who you're supposed to give this to. All right? So Jesus, we thank you so much that you've given us an opportunity to still allow our culture to say that Easter's okay to come to church for. Father, I pray today as we lay our hands on these pieces of paper with ink on them, Lord, that you show us who it is that we're supposed to give these out to. Maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's somebody who just needs to know they're invited into the family of God. And Lord, even wherever they are in their walk, Lord, I pray that you help us to know who. Just as you're sitting quiet right now, who, just think about who God's putting on your mind. Is it the guy who works next to you? Is it the, the, the receptionist at your work? Is it the, what, who is it? Is it your neighbor? Is it the guy with the locker next to yours? Is it the gal who has the same kids that go to the same daycare? Who is it? Lord, I pray right now you show us. Now just in your heart of hearts, I want you to make a commitment to say, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to invite them. I'm scared, but I'm going to do it anyway. In Jesus' name. Amen. I really think it's important that that we activate our faith in places like this. Handing out an invite card to your church is fairly innocuous in terms of, hey, come, everyone knows. This is one of those times we talk about every year that our culture still says, church, Easter, sure. And they go out and buy Easter clothes and make a big deal about it. And it's okay for you to invite them to church because that's one of those times when it's really somehow still permissible to say, hey, come and do my thing with me. And I want you to do it. Amen? Come on! Hey, I'm excited to be here this morning. Uh, to those of you that weren't here last week, uh, this is our, today's actually the first time I get to preach the whole time by myself. Now buckle up. No, I'm super excited. Uh, we, uh, last week we were talking in, uh, Kari and I came up front and we got to share a little bit about what, uh, some of the stuff that was going on with our sabbatical. Polly and I went away for two months and got to really listen to Jesus on behalf of, um, we kind of broke our sabbatical up into three parts. And so the first part, I went away on a mission trip with, with Caleb and his wife and Daisy King and a bunch of other people. We went away to Myanmar. And we, so our first part of our sabbatical, we decided it was going to be us individually before Jesus. So I'm out of the country and she's here. She's experiencing this little teeny snow flurry you guys had here. And, and, and I, was, I was worrying about what number sunscreen to wear on the back of my neck, right? So... So I was so, anyway, nevertheless, so, so, so we're over there doing that, she's here. We decided the first part of our sabbatical was going to be about me and Jesus and her and Jesus separately. And together, we were going to, we were, then the second part was going to be about us as a marriage, and the third part was going to be about us together praying for you and trying to figure out what God's saying to us as a church. So really amazing, uh, wonderful stuff. God uh, spoke some great things. I could uh, just tell you it all in one shot, or, or I can leak it out over the next 10 years with you. And, and I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning on the last half, the last part, is there's so much I want to share with you. There's so much I believe God's putting on my heart for us as a church. I loved this sabbatical. I've never had one before, so I loved having some time 
And it wasn't time because I needed it. It wasn't time because I had to have it. It wasn't time because our marriage was in trouble. It was, li- it was the coolest moment because it was a sabbatical where we just got to go away in a healthy posture and say, come Holy Spirit. What are you doing? I got a chance, I told you this last week, to go visit seven different congregations, different churches, some foursquare, some non-foursquare, and, and, and really begin to hear the heart of God on behalf of the church, at least in our region. And, and it's been kind of fun to be able to look and say the, the, the continuous, uh, I think, even common message that's going on in the church today. And it was kind of fun to hear God speaking through uh, some Pentecostal uh, type churches and some non-Pentecostal type churches and seeing what God was doing in both and seeing a consistent message that was happening throughout. It was really fun to see that happen. And if you don't get a, if you've never had a chance to do that, go do that. It's amazing to see what God's saying through the church. You'll be surprised at, at what at how consistent the Holy Spirit is throughout his church. Amen. Because we kind of tend to think that, no, we got a message here, and over there, you guys are crazy. You know, or, you know, we got it figured out here, and you guys are dumb. You know, it's not like that. I'm telling you, Holy Spirit's moving, right? Might look a little different, but he's moving. Amen. So I talked to you last week about this friend of mine that I got to hang out with on our sabbatical. I got to hang out with the Holy Spirit. It was kind of fun. One of the, one of the biggest revelations I had was, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I got this wonderful opportunity to spend time with Jesus on behalf of me, <laughs> on behalf of what God was saying to me, for me. And, and it's sad because sometimes as a pastor, you spend a lot of your time uh, asking Jesus to speak to you on behalf of us. And, and I was like, for, for the first time in a long time, in those first few weeks when I was on this uh, time away alone, I was like, Holy Spirit, speak to me, for me. And let me tell you this. One of the things God's really faithful at is when you ask him to speak to you, for you. He will. Just be ready to receive what he has to say. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's corrective. Sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's it's really healing. Sometimes it's not easy. But I'll tell you, in the middle of this whole thing, I began to hear the Lord just say, "I want to move, Lance. I want to move in you. I want to I want to change you. I want to work through you." And and I, because I love you, I love that. But as I began to pray for you guys as well, the Lord just said, "Listen, I want to work in the Puget Sound region. I want to work in our church." I just began to hear the heart of God for our church, and it was so fun to be able to say, what are you saying, and, and now what are we going to do about it? Because right? God can speak all he wants to. The problem isn't him speaking. The problem is, is us listening. The problem isn't him speaking. The problem is, is us doing something about what it is that he's saying. So my challenge for us this morning is to stop and say, God, what is it that you're saying, and what am I supposed to do about it? So I want to pray with you today. Can we do that as we start? Holy Spirit, we thank you for your grace. Thank you for your amazing, amazing love. Would you help us to be uh, really willing to hear what you have to say? In Jesus' name, amen. In the military, uh, United States military, there's a phrase that is spoken oftentimes within the um, Special Forces units, and it's a phrase, three words, by, with, and through. They'll use that phrase, by, with, and through, to really indicate an operational structure of how it is that they go about uh, helping defeat an enemy. Uh, For example, oftentimes uh, in in the military in the days of old, we as as an army, navy, whatever, uh, the the armed forces would go into a region and and they they would engage the enemy 
uh, fight the battle, do the job, and then they would uproot and leave. And then as soon as they left, the enemy would come back. And, and they, they would feel like they were, they were not doing anything. So somebody in the military decided there would be a, a better strategy at play, which would be the by, with, and through strategy. In other words, what they would do then is the, the military would come in, the coalition forces would come into a region, which they do now, and they decide that they're going to get people who are in that region, of that region, by that region, and equip them, train them, sometimes pay their debts uh, to the enemy or whatever it was, and just be about being there and equipping so that the, the battle could be won by the enemy, listen to this, by, with, and through the people who were there. As I began to think about the whole the whole structure of what the military does in a particular region, uh, I contacted some of my military friends, and, and I asked them, so I'm making a correlation here about the Holy Spirit, because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do the same thing with us, that he wants to do something by, with, and through us to affect a region. And, and John Barone, uh, Special Forces Operator, he says to me, he says, you know what, that's exactly the perfect illustration. He goes, my heart's desires is that you, that the Holy Spirit would literally come into a region and, and by, with, and through the Holy Spirit, through us, that he would impact the region so that we could take ground back from the enemy, that you would be empowered by his spirit. The Holy Spirit wouldn't leave. He would remain with us and continue to work by his Holy Spirit, through us, uh, through his Holy Spirit, through us, the, the whole thing, that he by, with, and through him. So as I began this series today, as we begin this series today, I want you to understand the Holy Spirit wants to come and be in us and work through us, quite frankly, in spite of us, because he loves us. There is an enemy. There is a confuser. There is a twister. There is a confiner who wants so desperately to keep us all. The word that came to my mind this morning as I was thinking about this you know what the devil really wants to do? He wants to keep us sterile. I, I, I could say, you know, victoryless, defeated. I could say all those words, but the word that keeps coming to my mind is the devil wants to keep us sterile. And what I mean by that is this. He wants to keep us looking like the presence of God because you're created in his image. He wants to keep you looking like God, but absolutely powerless and absolutely identityless. And quite frankly, I think, let me, <laughs> notes. I, I can tell you this. I, I have this sense in my heart, and this is what I've been wrestling with. I have a sense in my heart that there's a divide in church today. Not just our church. I think it's a divide in church today. Big C church. The church church. The, the, the several other churches in your region church. Can I tell you what I think the divide is? Mid-40s plus, mid-40s minus. There's a divide there's a divide, and here's what it is. Mid-40s plus, lots of us experienced a move of the Spirit of God at some point. We experienced some sort of a move of God, and, and we couched it under, uh, under things that, 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 that seemed normal to us. We would experience the move of the Holy Spirit by, by things like soft music being played and us coming to the front of a church and a pastor or some elder person or somebody laying hands on us and us uh, laughing, shaking, dancing, speaking in tongues, having some sort of a physical manifestation of some sort. And we then would say at the end of the day, Holy Spirit fell on the service today. Mid-40s minus. We'll look at that whole scenario and say, that's just weird. 
that's just weird. I'm, I'm being broad general, right? Come on, there are some who goes on both sides of the fence. But go with me on this general thought. I got this funny feeling that the, 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 the mid-40s minus have their own problem. And their own problem is the fact that we're struggling with who in the world we are. We live in a culture who's saying one word that's so confusing. If I say this one word, it will, it will, it will create a thought in your mind if I say this one word. It, and it'll create a firestorm if I let it go too far. Here's the word. Here's the word that those who are mid-40s and younger are wrestling with. Here's the word. Identity. Maybe I'll help it, I'll help it this, this way. Identify. We don't even know if we should say that word in public. How can, can we say identity? Can, can we say, who am I? How am I? Who? What? How? What? Can I? You? We can't even define each other. And so consequently, we have this identity, we have this identity crisis, and we have this old school thinking, because we know how it works. <laughs> 40 plus. Can I tell you that Jesus said something really important? He said, where there is a kingdom divided, the kingdom will not stand. I got a funny feeling that God wants to bring the two together. There's a move of God's Holy Spirit that he wants to bring upon a younger generation to help them understand their identity in Christ. And there's a move upon the younger people who are, who are hungry and impassioned for God's Holy Spirit to, to maybe look different to those who are mid-40 plus. My question for us today, here, <laughs> April 2019, is are you open too many of us would say I'm open pastor but not if it makes me talk in tongues I'm open pastor but not if I start shaking I'm open pastor but not if we play soft music and invite people to the front because I'm not about that come on you hear what I'm saying right we have this we have this divide in church today and I feel like the Lord is going there's a part of me that wanted to just go, gosh, I just wanted to, I'm off my notes right now. I just wanted to tell you how imperative, I believe God's saying, I wants to bring a unified church. Could you imagine if the younger generation sought insight and wisdom from a humble, everyone say humble, from a humble 45 plus person who didn't say this is how it works, rather come let us reason together. And somebody who was 45 minus said, I want to learn, but I got something to bring to the table too. See, the problem is, is we, we have this divide, and the enemy's super happy with church being like that. I'm going to be so bold, it ain't just Puget Sound Foursquare that's like this. It is the big C church, because if the devil could get us confused and divided, then he wins. Or he doesn't win, he's just keeping us from moving forward. prayer for us today is that we will stop and say, I got something to learn on both sides of that equation. Because trust me, if you're over 40, you need to know what your true identity in Christ and be reminded of it is. And if you're younger than 40, you need to say, God, I want to experience you in a way that, 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 that may just look different. It's good to be back. What if the Holy Spirit wants to do something in us today that's different than we expect? 
I'm going to be talking about the Holy Spirit for the next couple of weeks. In fact, this Wednesday, we're, I'm going to teach a class on the Holy Spirit. And I, I'll level with you. I have an idea of where I think it's going to go, but I'm not exactly sure. I feel like the Lord just said to me, Lance, I want you to leave space. My notes today, I, I usually print up so many. I, I, have, I, 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 I just tell you, the Lord just said, leave room for me to breathe. So, so I'll level, level with you. I, I got notes that should fill up the whole time today. But I'm not stuck to them. I know that Wednesday night when we get together, I got notes. I can create an outline like nobody. And I'll hand out places for you to fill in the blanks if you want. But I feel like the Lord is saying, create space for me to breathe. So come on Wednesday night, bring your kids. We'll figure out something for child care. I think we have child care. Yes, we do. Sign up. Make sure you sign up. Sorry about that. There you go. I've been out. My, my, my staff has this ongoing joke with me. Obviously, my name's Lance. They call me Freelance. <laughs> they say, hashtag Freelance. In other words, stay on the script, pal. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still the boss. No, but <clears throat> What if the Holy Spirit wants to do something different today? Are you open? If you're mid-40s and younger, are you open for the Lord to, 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 to mess with your theology? If you're mid-40s plus, are you open for the Lord to constrain your theology? Somebody say yes. I'm telling you because I feel like there's, there's, a, there's a point on both sides of that equation where, where one says, yeah, we got it, we figured it out, and you, would, you don't, and the other side says the same thing. And I'm saying, like, I want us to come together and let's reason together and say, Holy Spirit, do what you want to do. I, w I was in Myanmar on this mission trip uh, while I was gone. And, and it was so funny because it was such a, it was such a counterintuitive moment for me because I'm so darn verbal that as a pastor, it's like it's my strength. My strength is my tongue to be able to talk and get myself in and out of and through situations because I'm a, my, that's my gift. I'm going to do that thing, right? So I get to Myanmar and I'm talking through an interpreter, you know, who I mentioned it last week. I, I got nothing because I'm trying to explain things through an interpreter and they're looking at me in their heads like, I know what you're talking about. So I remember one day I sat down with the Lord and I was like, Holy Spirit, I, I want people to come to know you. I want people to get a, realize how to be uh, reached and touched by you, Holy Spirit. And so I just said, Holy Spirit, here's the deal. I, I got to wait on you to, because I want to know what you're saying. And the Holy Spirit says, just open your mouth and I will show up. And so, so I went there and, and I told you last week I had to start a drawn stick figures and, and you know, this is heaven, this is hell, you want heaven. And they're like, yeah, I want that. And then before, on, on and on it went. And then one time I was like, I, feel like, I felt like the Lord. And again, keep in mind, you're not always, we're human. We, and so we see through the glass dimly. And so I said, Lord, is there something you want to say to this next person that's going to sit in the chair in front of me? Because the people come and sit in front of us. And, and the, the interpreter's with me. And, and so, so as I'm, I'm there, I, 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 I said, Lord, I'm going to wait on you. And so I hear this word that this individual who's going to come sit in front of you has lost a son at some point to death. And so, I don't know. So, so I'm like, I'm in the middle of nowhere. These people are never going to see me again. So why not give it a shot? <laughs> Come on. So I sat her down, talked to her, and I said, Hey, uh, I just want you to know that there's a God in heaven who super loves you and cares about the broken heart that you might have had. when, when Did you lose a son? And she goes, No, uh-uh. <laughs> I was like, Okay. Thanks, Holy Spirit. You know, I, come on now. And I was like, okay, so now what? 
don't look at me like that. You've experienced the same, right? Right. So I did my best, right? And so next thing I know, she ended up coming to know the Lord, which was remarkable. And I'm like, God, even in the midst of my crazy, see, the Holy Spirit showed up. And so I was like, woo. Next person sits down. I swear I heard the Holy Spirit say, ask this one that now. I did. I, you know, I feel like God might have, because you lost a son, crying. Yep, I did. And I was like, either lucky guess, or maybe God just wants me to know that he can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. And I'm not just going to dial him in because I said so. And I was like, all right, Holy Spirit, I'll just be waiting for you. So then a couple of other people come by, and we had, there were 500 people or so that came in front of us. One of the gals, it was so funny because I'm, I'm 6'3 and enormous, right? And these little people, like, she's like this tall. Sweet, sweet lady. And, and I don't know her name and nothing about her. But I sat down in this, through our interpreter, we're talking. And, and uh, so she, she finally, through the interpreter, we're, we're talking away. And she looks and all she's, he says to me, she wants you to know something. And I said, what's that? She said, she sees kindness in your eyes and she wants what you have on the inside in her life. And I was like, kindness in my eyes? It dawned on me. The Lord just goes immediately in my heart. He goes, yeah, man, I, your eyes are the window to your heart so you can see inside your heart. And I was like, but I didn't use my mouth. I didn't say anything. She saw kindness through my eyes. Can I just tell you that I experienced a move of the Holy Spirit at that moment? And I didn't fall on the ground. I didn't dance around. I didn't sing a song. I don't even think I spoke in English. I just sat there and looked through my eyes. Can I tell you that the Holy Spirit fell in that moment? There wasn't soft music playing. I'm 50 plus. We have to have soft music playing. <laughs> God wants to do what he wants to do. See, that's my point in this whole message, is that God wants to do what he wants to do. The real question is, 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 are we open for God to do what he wants to do the way he wants to do it? So I'm going to take a few minutes today. i only got a few minutes left, but I want to take a few minutes, and I'm going to give you some background. It's so important that you have an understanding of who the Holy Spirit is, right? If you can't keep up with my notes today, call the office, and we'll, get, we'll send out the PDF of my sermon notes. I don't care. Come on Wednesday, and I'll print them up for you. But, but just listen today. I want to give you some scripture, a bunch of scripture, what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. Because I believe when you get saved, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. But I also believe there is a second work of grace called the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk to you about that. So can we do that? Some of you are like, what? Who is the Holy Spirit anyway? First of all, he's omniscient. He's God. Holy Spirit is God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 says, No one can know what anyone else is thinking except the person alone. Uh, and who can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit? Holy Spirit is God. He's omniscient. He, he's, om, he's omniscient. He's also omnipresent. Psalm 139 says he's omnipresent. I'm going to go fast. Holy Spirit says that he's also omnipotent. It means he's all-powerful. Job 33, 4. For the Spirit of the Lord has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Listen, if I was the devil and I wanted to really mess with the church, I would mess with the message of the Holy Spirit more than anything. 
I, I would. I would mess with, I remember one time, I've told you this before, but I remember one time I went to his big conference, and it was this pastor's conference. It was, it was, this, it was at a Baptist church, I believe, or I think it was Baptist church. It was, it was enormous. The seating was about a thousand chairs. And, and, and the, the way that the, the, you walk in the back doors and then the, the, it just kind of went big wide things. So the front of the church where the pastor was preaching, it must have been 75 feet tall. And there were three huge banners across the front of the stage. One of them said, celebrate God. I mean, it was like 70 feet long banner, huge, big wide. Celebrate God. Second banner said, celebrate Christ. And I was like, all right. Next banner, celebrate Jesus. And I was like, we're missing. Did we all see that we're missing a third of the Godhead here? Celebrate God, celebrate Christ, celebrate Jesus. Holy Spirit didn't even get a banner. We're confused as a church. We're confused. It's funny. We had our prepared time, and there was probably 12 of us out there, and we all talked. Here's what we came to the conclusion of. We don't know. That's hard to understand. Holy Spirit is God. There's attributes all over the Old and New Testament declaring attributes to who God was and who he is. All God. Lots more scripture about that. He is clearly God. Here's a word I want you to understand, baptize. Everyone say baptize. It's a word that Pentecostals use as if it's some sort of a badge. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. We say that phrase a lot. I just think we're confused on the word baptize. You've heard me say this before when we've done baptisms. The word baptize just simply means to immerse. It means to immerse into something. So as a child, infant, I was baptized as a Catholic baby, which I don't remember, and somebody sprinkled water on my head and said, you're baptized. I think baptism is a is an absolute immersion moment, right? But let me tell you this. If you can't get off your chair because of some sort of a physical ailment and get into water and you get water poured on you, you can still be baptized. Come on. Let's not be so, that's legalism, right? The, the, the grace of God. So baptism literally needs to be immersed. In the scriptures, over and over again, the word baptize is used a couple of different ways. One way it's used is in salvation. Over and over in your Bible, there's actually a phrase that says to be baptized into Christ. Did you know that? To be baptized into Jesus means to get saved. It means to surrender your life to Christ. You get immersed into Christ. We don't ever say that in church. We always say, we always say it a little differently. But let me explain. Look at what it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. It says, Peter replied, this is right after the baptism of the Holy Spirit happened. The wind blew in the room. The holy tongues of fire showed up. In that moment, Peter stands up in front of this large crowd he says, each of you, 3,000 people, each of you must turn from your sins and turn to God and be baptized. Now, most people stop right there and think, Peter's telling them all they all need to hop into a pool of water. Because if they all hop into a pool of water, they'll be saved. He says right here, each of you must turn from your sins, turn to God, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And we kind of tend to think that's what you're supposed to do. Can I just be so bold as to tell you, Peter wasn't talking about H2O there. Peter was saying, listen, you all need to be baptized into Jesus. Because a lot of them were baptized into John. Remember John's message was the forgiveness of sins? John the Baptist in the water. His message was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was all about the, that way. He says literally, Jesus, Peter says here, inspired and empowered by the Holy Spirit, you need to be baptized into Jesus first. Let's go on. Over in Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Paul writes, or have you forgotten that when you became Christians and you were baptized to become one with Christ and died with him? Listen to this, Acts 2.38. This is just after 
I just got, just got done reading Acts 2.38 with you. Peter replied, each of you must turn from your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Let's go down to Romans chapter 8, verse 9. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit living within you. And remember that those do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them are not Christians at all. What I mean by that is this. Once you're baptized into Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. Amen? Did you know that? Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. When, you. when you surrender your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit makes his residence inside of you. So here's where the big confusion is in church. Lance, if the Holy Spirit comes to live in me at salvation when I'm baptized into Jesus, why do I need to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Maybe you've never actually spoken that, but you've thought it. That's why a lot of pastors don't talk about it. In fact, we're terrible at it. We're horrible at trying to communicate this because it's just confusing. And so people are like, I don't know how to say it because if the Holy Spirit's in me. In fact, I know churches that are like, you know what? Why do we need to talk about the Holy Spirit if he's already in you? Why do you need to have a second experience? Here's what I have to say. Great question. Let's talk about that. Are there experiences in the Bible that people had that were secondary to salvation? Yes. Let me explain Listen to this. Jesus said he would send his Holy Spirit as the advocate, right? Let's go on. I believe the Holy Spirit comes in this second work of grace. Look in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Jesus says, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you what he promised. I've told, this to, this, I've told you about this before. John baptized with water, but just in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Who is Jesus talking to there? His disciples. And he's telling his disciples who... I'm assuming we're Christians. I'm assuming had the Holy Spirit living in them, that they would be baptized into this Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 8 says this. When the, the apostles back in Jerusalem heard the people in Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. Listen to this. As soon as they arrived and prayed for these new Christians, everyone say new Christians. As soon as they arrived and, and prayed for these new Christians to receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. What? These new Christians had the Holy Spirit residing within them, and now they needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? It says right here. It says they were only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, for the Holy Spirit had not come on any of them. Verse 17 says, Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, laid their hands on these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Acts chapter 19, Paul's talking to a bunch of people who were believers. And it said, as soon as they heard this message, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They became Christians. And verse 6 says, then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Wait a second. Over and over again, we see in passages of Scripture where the Holy Spirit showed up in people's lives to do something. Why would there be a secondary experience? Good question. talk about that there is an indwelling of the god's holy spirit he wants to do in us acts chapter uh where is it acts chapter two acts chapter two acts chapter three 238 you got it acts chapter 238 is that up on the screen here we go acts chapter 238 says this peter replied this is when peter uh, this is Acts chapter 2. Remember Acts chapter 2 was that I just talked about the upper room when the Holy Spirit showed up. 
It says, Peter replied, each of you must turn from your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the sentence stops there, but continues on in the same verse. And it says the word then, right? Then, an adjective. It says this, an adjective that connects to what just happened. So these people had just gotten saved, and it says, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. These people had just gotten saved, then they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what's this all about? I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to have a relationship with us that's three, that's three parts. He wants to come alongside of us, he wants to indwell us, and he wants to overflow through us. He wants to come alongside of us, he wants to be in us, and he wants to flow through us. I think what happens in church is that we get this idea that, that the Holy Spirit has to look a certain way. I think there's a secondary experience. I think salvation happens in our lives. And once the Holy Spirit comes and lives within our hearts and, and you're saved for him, then he literally says, listen, I want to move through you. Will you allow me to move through you? So, so oh, this speaking in tongues, we're going to talk about that next week. What's that all about? Why does the Holy Spirit want to do something different in us? I think really it comes down to us being willing to say, Holy Spirit, I'll allow you to move in me. I'll allow you to flow through me. He wants to come. But we kind of tend to think that the Holy Spirit coming and baptizing us is some sort of a thing that he's going to do to us, and it's all him doing it to us. I think, honestly, the Holy Spirit wants to come and work with us. He wants to fill us. It's like, uh, it's like when, when I played college football. I, before I left off to football camp, I lifted weights like crazy. I ran like crazy. I did everything like crazy. I showed up to training camp. And the coaches looked and said, like, wow, you look like you can play football. You look like you have, you're prepared to play football. What they didn't know, they, they didn't know that I was 18 years old and I'd never played in my life. Uh, like, I, or never played that, that level in my life. And so the, the idea of, I actually had to put my muscles to work, empowered by all the work that I put in. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, he wants to come and fill us. He wants to fill you. That means he's going to fill your heart, your 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 words, your tongue, your actions, or whatever it is. A couple of days ago, I was sitting down with a, a man who, as I'm, I'm talking to him, he was telling me about a scenario he was working through, and he's trying to get this going, and immediately, while I'm talking to him, the Lord said, Lance, make room for me. And so I said, Holy Spirit, I'm going to make room for you. So this guy's telling me his issue, and next thing you know, the Lord said to me, tell him this, whatever it was, just tell him this. And, and instead, I wanted to tell him what I was thinking. What I was thinking was he needed to stop doing this and start doing that and whatever. And the Holy Spirit said, again, I'm just trying to make room in my life to listen to his still, small voice. And so I said this to him, whatever it was, weeping. He goes, man, that felt like a Holy Spirit voice to me. Two days later, I'm sitting down with a pastor and his wife from a church that's not our church, a church of several thousand he and I are sitting down with his wife, and his wife's talking to me across the table, and she says, listening to us, she goes, I, I, I feel like I don't have a place in the church. I feel like my husband does. He's the rock star. Everyone loves him, and he's great and wonderful, but, but I feel like whatever. And she tells me her story. And I just sense the Lord say, tell her this. And so I was like, okay, all right. So I, and, and, and I told her, weeping. She goes, how did you know? Can I just tell you, it was a Holy Spirit moment showing up because I said, Lord, I want to make room for you in my life. And he showed up and worked in different ways. And he, he gave me words that were Holy Spirit words that only they would know. Can I tell you, that's what he wants to do in and through all of us. Let me just reiterate this. You realize what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is? What the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, is one thing. 
I think it's many, but one thing is this. The Holy Spirit wants to baptize us, to fill us up, to go out into a lost and dying world that has never heard of him. He wants to give you power. Why does he want to? Here's what Christians have, have, have really, I think, messed up. We feel like the Holy Spirit wants to fill us up and overflow us so we can have better church services. Can I tell you, I really believe, and this is where the 40 minus, the, the 45 younger, they get it. They, they want to get out and go do something. The, 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 the 45 plus, we want to stay in and do something. And I feel like the Holy Spirit, and again, I'm broad generalities, don't write me an email. But my point is this, I feel like God is saying, listen, I want to move. Will you allow me? I'll create coolness in your church services, but that's not the purpose. The purpose is to be filled with power from on high to go and have conversations over coffee, to go and just be nice for the love of God. Just be nice in the Holy Spirit and let the kindness of your eyes speak volumes to people. How is that not any more a, a movement of God's Holy Spirit in and through you than you babbling on? It could be both. I want to take these next two weeks to slowly unpack what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. We'll pray for you to receive that today. We'll pray on Wednesday for that to happen. But I'm challenging you to stick with me. I wanted to give you some foundation to say, oh, he's really God. He's not going to hurt me. Oh, he really loves me. He wants to come in me. Oh, the reason he wants to fill me is because he wants to fill me with power to go, not just power to look good in a tight shirt. Because we want to do that. We want to be empowered by him so we can flex our spiritual muscles and say, look how good I am, church people. I don't think he's interested in us being happy with how we look together. I think he's interested in us being holy so we can get out there and go be Jesus to a bunch of people who are so confused. Turn on your TV, listen to your phone, do something and realize that we live in a confused world that could you imagine if they encountered the kindness of Jesus through you? Because your Bible says crazy things like it's the kindness of God in you that leads to repentance in them. What? I thought I was supposed to preach. Maybe. Maybe you just need to be. Maybe you just need to serve. Maybe you just need to care. Maybe you just need to not get weird. Maybe you just need to just be Jesus in the middle of a world that doesn't know what Jesus looks like. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for us to be filled with power. For us to be given comfort, conviction, counsel. Let's pray. God, this morning we come. We are so desperate for you. Lord, as I was talking to Claudia this morning, she was telling me that she's been having dreams. God, that's scriptural. It said so. But Lord, in the midst of our conversation, she began to say, I'm learning how to understand it. I loved it because it was a process. Lord, I love the fact that every one of us can be in the process of learning. And just like me, when I, I spoke to that lady and I didn't say the right thing to the right person, still you showed up. Father, I pray that you help us to be men and women who will just simply say, God, you do it your way. Baptize me today in your Holy Spirit. 
Listen, the Bible we read says, if you want to be baptized in the Spirit, to be filled with power, comfort, counsel, conviction of sin, if you want to be filled with this Holy Spirit and baptized, just ask. He's not going to give you a snake. He's not going to give you a scorpion. He's going to give you a spirit to anyone who asks. So if that's you today, right now, I just want you to say, Holy Spirit, fill me today. Just between you and him, baptize me today in the Holy Spirit. And if you've experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit and it has been a long time, just say, fill me today. Refill me again. Fill me again with your Holy Spirit. But be ready, because he's going to use you. He's going to use you. Harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. To some of you, he might put somebody in your heart. To some, he might just say, I'm bringing healing. Be open. In Jesus' name. Amen? That's the beginning. There's more. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Everything inside of the the 52-year-old in me wants to tie it up into a nice little bow and say, now we're good. I don't feel that way. I feel like we're just beginning this journey. And I want to get around, I don't know, 850 to 1,000 of you and say, let's, let's experience a movement of God's Holy Spirit so we can be filled with power to go. Amen? Let's just stand to your feet. God bless you. Listen, don't be, uh, don't be shy. Sign up for the class on Wednesday night. Also, I need, I, need a, I need several hundred of you to show up for this workday on Saturday. If you're free, go sign up for that with your lawnmowers and weed eaters and Let's make this thing beautiful for Easter. Amen.